Welcome to A House in the Air, a podcast of testimonies from people living in unconventional homes. Their stories wave together the hopes and struggles to find financial stability and freedom in the land of the American dream. I'm your host, Paola Escobar. The warning today is that this episode was recorded in the jacuzzi. So it's a little noisy, but I think you're going to be able to understand what we're talking about. This is episode number six with Randy and Jason. Okay, well, there's, but right in between that, they put a, uh, a storage yard like we have here. This is like high class. I mean, electric gates, it's, they're 12 feet high. Security cameras, they spent probably well over a couple hundred grand, a quarter million on just their fences and security. Um, that place filled up overnight. Once that place was open, it's full. Because there's nothing. Right. And how many people high out demand. there? Everything's in high demand. How many people out there are looking for a place to live like this? They don't even realize that there's something like this out there. And if you made it available, you know, I mean, there are trailer parks everywhere. That's different from this. Totally different. Yeah. It's more expensive to buy. For starters, you're in the hundred plus grand just to buy one, and then you're paying a huge uh, lot space at a thousand or plus, and uh, you got to fall under all their guidelines. There's no parking there's there's a lot of those around too there's one over oh there no but you mean trailer parks the ones that were there are model no mobile, mobile homes, homes. Mobile homes yeah. no i was thinking something different places when there's sometimes trailers sometimes arby's sometimes, sometimes mobile homes and all the 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 little houses are very close together and there's no space in between them that's how this place would be if you didn't have someone who can be an asshole attending to the place and bringing up the criteria to credit checks and oh you would have you would have all the slums that can barely afford to live anywhere they would be moving in here well we we have a very different administration before and yes the park looks a little nicer now but it was not at all a disaster before it was basically the same how long have you been here six years I remember this place like 14 years ago, 15 years ago. It was a shithole. It was so bad. Oh. It was, yeah. it was bad. Between here and Violin Canyon over there, it was a real shithole. Infested with drugs. The whole backside back here was all South Side gangsters and freaking, it was bad. And you people cruising through here all hours of the night picking up drugs. Yeah, or dropping up drugs. It was bad. It was real bad. Yeah, I, I, I want to say like uh, early 2000, from the 90s, all of the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, because that was the shit I was into, and I used to come through here. Right. Well, should I start with you, Randy? About what? About the housing. The housing. Come on, man. Give us a fucking program. When did you move to... At the same time? You when did you start? Six, when six did you start? Oh, six years boy. ago. Oh, boy. I don't want to talk about my life. <laughs> Oh no, if you feel What brought me no. here, what brought us here was our grandson. Your grandson? Yep. We chased our grandson across country. That's good. And you really didn't have much of a choice because. No, well, yeah, we, we, we were out of our house and on, on the road. We were renting and it seemed like a logical thing to do. He's the only grandson we have. He's the only grandson. Right. So we, you know why we're here. And when he goes to college, we're going to move out of here and go someplace cheaper to live. Yeah. Where? Huh? 
Where, where are you thinking? Arizona. Back to back, kind of east from here. Someplace cheaper. And are you planning on living different or still in your RV? I don't know. Haven't made that decision yet. But it's maybe either or. Either yeah. or, yeah. 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 And what are for you the good things about living in an RV? Utilities. <laughs> here we here don't pay for our utilities. None of it. Just like price, it's like these. And the things that you don't like? I, I don't you got that I'm, anywhere you go. I'm a glass here. half full person. I don't care what's. Yeah. I, <laughs> your own business, do your own thing. I don't. I don't think about things like that. Right. I really don't. That's day to day is a good day. Every day is a good day. Sounds great. You make so, the best of it. Until somebody comes along and oh. steps on your toe and kicks your dog, then it sucks. <laughs> and what about you? What about me? Where, when did you start living in your RV? Because we went from... Uh, we were in an apartment, and then the apartment was like $8.50 a month. And over a five-year period, it had worked itself up to $1,400 a month. And it was going to be continuing to go up for a one-bedroom apartment. And I started thinking to myself, that is ludicrous. I and you still had to pay utilities. You still had to pay all that shit. I'm like, this is ludicrous. This is a one-bedroom apartment. You know? And you can't even get the landlord to fix anything. You're fixing the shit yourself. Okay. So I'm like, I'm not going to continue to make the rich richer. So then we went and did something that I had done in the past, which was successful, is we went and we got a house, a big house. And we had three other people, actually four people, one was a couple, so a total of four people that moved out of the complex with us into this big house. So then it became a multi-family dwelling, but it was 3,200 square feet. There was plenty of room for everybody. Not. So you guys bought, bought the house together? These we didn't buy it. This was a rental. A rental. It uh -huh. was a rental. And uh, I had bought one in Simi Valley long before uh, my little episode that I had. And uh, I did the same thing. I had a 28-foot fifth wheel on the side of the house that I rented out. I had my brother uh, under board and care. He was a state baby, so I had him with me. And the government cut me a check to take care of him. And then I had another roommate, and then I always had some girl with me hanging. I was just paying something. So my payments on the house were $3,500, but $700 of it went to the uh, option to buy. And it was a bitching thing until 2008 when the market crashed. I was locked in at $459,000 suddenly the house was only worth like 325 and it was my option was coming up to be exercised and I'm like I'm not going to do it you got people walking away from their homes why would I do it so I ended up losing like uh, $12,000 I think of what I had paid over and above my rent over the years and uh, that was it so anyways what brought us here was is when we were getting out of the apartment. I had said, I want to go to the RV park. And Sandy says, I can't live in an RV. I said, I'll make it a home. Don't worry, I'll make it a home. So we came here and I built the deck and 
did all that stuff to make it a home. Well, no, we went, we followed her direction and we went to this house that turned out to be a nightmare. And then I finally said, that's it. And I put everything, I said, open house on Marketplace. And I sat in my garage and drank beer, smoked cigarettes and watched people carry all our shit out the door. Hand me money on the way out. And when it was all gone, we bought a fifth wheel and we moved in here. And if I had known about this 25, 30 years ago, I'd have done it. I had no idea that it even existed. This type of living. I'd be retired. this way. I would be retired right now. 100% retired. I've battled my whole life. We all have. You know, working and struggling. And over there, I was working my ass off just to pay the freaking bill. Our electric bill was 800 upwards of $1,200 in the summertime. A month. That's just the electric bill. Then you had trash, and you had gas, and you had... God, it was just stupid. And there was four people living there. Wow. One worked for the post office, Michelle. She's a black lady. She, she lived in the complex with us. She came. But she was in the process of buying a house in Texas. So she came for a year, a year and a half. Well, no, not even a year and a half, because we were only there. I don't even think we were there a whole year. I really don't think we were there an entire year. But I never wanted to go there in the first place. I thought it was a bad idea. But I had to appease the others, and I did it. And, and this is the best thing that I've ever done in my entire life. We've like, lost all kinds of space and freedom doing what we're doing, but yet we're, we've downsized ourselves and made ourselves comfortable doing what we're doing. I don't feel like I've lost space. I mean, compared to the house I had in seen that little house up there was shit because nobody really had a space. There was a f one, two, three, four, five, six people living there total. There was no space, you know? One person was bitching about one thing or the other always, constantly. But I feel like I have space, but then I have storage units to... It's different. Uh, it's, it's, it's work every day compared to a house. You always have maintenance and upkeep on a house, but it seems like in a campground it's a lot more. Really? Oh, yeah. It's definitely more. Especially for someone like me. I'm in construction. I constantly have construction debris and materials and shit. Mm. It piles up in front of my house, and then I got to forget. At some point, I got to deal with it because it starts looking like shit. And then dogs wake up. You wake up and find dogs on your porch. <laughs> <laughs> he mentions that because that's exactly what happened to him. One morning he opened his door and dog was there waiting for him and never left. But yeah, I, I think it's a great thing and I think there should be more of it, man. It's, it's a way for newlyweds and couples before they have their babies. He's talking about living in an RV park like we do. I believe there's people that, that will be jealous of what we have. Definitely jealous of what I'd we have. probably tell at least one person a day about my living arrangement. It's usually part of, you know, my sales pitches that I do on my jobs. You know, I'm transparent. I try to let them know who I am and what I'm about and where I live and what I do. And I usually throw it out there, you know. It's just the greatest thing. I, if I had known 20, 25 years ago, I probably wouldn't have done that last prison term. I wouldn't have had to, you know. I was struggling to make fucking hardcore house payments. Yeah. 
I think for me it's a it's a way to have the independence of a house. I still have a house. No matter what, I do have my house. Yeah. With my kids and I'm the boss of my house. Yeah. No one is gonna tell me I don't have to share the kitchen. I don't have you know, I can make the rules of my house. And for the most part if you're quiet, they don't bother you. I don't see Brian crawling up anybody's ass that, that minds their own business and does their thing. The little six-month gig that they've kicked into place is kind of a... They're talking about the super inconvenient six-month rule that they implemented in the park, in which after a six-month period, you have to empty the spot where you live leave it empty for a day and then come back and repeat over every six months why yeah the rule someone told me that it's not only here but it's something that is like it has become like a like a like a rule like a rule, a rule. it is they have it. la county ventura county they have a, a, an actual law you can only stay so many days in a campground, then you have to leave to come back. And you have to leave for so many days. This place is grandfathered. It don't matter. You can stay here as long as you freaking want. They changed it. But they still have those options if they want. I don't know how long that thing's going to last, that six-month ordeal. They're following the, everybody's compliances that we weren't following before. Before, yeah. Which well, they, what is... They didn't do this before. Uh, Valencia Travel Village was 30 days. It was 30 days, but the thing is, is all they did was, if you wanted to continue to stay, you just went down there and you said, you know, I'm going to keep staying, keep staying. And they they know who you are, so they just make it look like you stepped out for a day. They fudge paperwork. Oh, yeah, they fudge the paperwork. They fudge the paperwork. But that's Literally. because they don't fall under the grandfather clause that this place does. That place isn't as old. So that's what it is. It's 30 days. Otherwise, you'd have people living at Castaic. You'd have people living at Piru. Check this out. So there's a thing called off-grid living. You can actually buy a pass. I believe it's uh, $16 a year, and it's called the uh, National the National Forest Registration Pass or something like that. Basically, what you're allowed to do when you buy that is you can go anywhere in the in the National Forest that says that this is a uh, camping or hiking or whatever. And they'll, you'll usually find them. They'll have a fire pit and, uh, uh, you know, spots or whatever. But you are allowed to camp there for free. You can live there. You don't have to go anywhere as long as you buy your permit once a year. And there's certain things you can't do, like build anything on the property or on your campsite. There's no power. There's no sewer. There's no, there's nothing. nothing. You have to be self-sustained because you're up in the national forest up for like if you went up lake hughes and you made a left on uh, elizabeth road where the uh where the rock house is and stuff if you go towards the left there's a lot of roads that go up into them pine trees and stuff and then you'll come into a clearing where there'll be like 10 spots or something you can set up camp and stay there as long as you want 16 dollars a year but you have no hookups you have nothing you gotta have a generator you gotta have fuel you gotta have you know you gotta be prepared to live that way and there are apparently a lot of them doing it they sell the pass right here at uh, galleons ask them about it mm. and because i don't know the name of it i can't remember but then you can read into the whole thing it's called the national uh, 
Los Angeles National Forest Recreational Season Pass or something, something like that. Yeah, and it's real cheap. Basically, it just uh, puts you on the register, so they know you're off-grid, but they know where to find you if they had to. Oh, this guy's living up in the mountains somewhere. But it's super cheap. They don't got to pay anything. But they're also way up in the boonies. We got bears. And then Jason move on to talk about where in the park is more convenient to leave. Whereas like all along that fence right there, how could you ask for anything more? You have one neighbor on one side and one on the other. And actually that whole side is pretty much all long-termers except for Ivan next door. Um, so you actually have a backyard. I was able to cordon off an area for the dog and I couldn't imagine living right in the middle. To me, I, I would be pushing on the waiting list. I need another spot. I need to be over there when one opens. I don't care, I'll pay more money. That wouldn't work for me out in the middle. I'm in the it's, middle too. Yeah, it's too much commotion for me. Do you feel uh, exposure? Yes, yeah, no privacy, no. I mean, there's no privacy where I'm at either. I got two cameras on me. I got one from the parking lot, one from, it's not like you need the privacy. It just feels like you have your own space. You know, you walk me, I have the double staircase where the washer and dryer is, remember? It's nice to be able to walk down and have that space back there right. where you can plant and garden and do things. And, you know, you can't do that in the middle. Yeah. Even Clyde and Brian both say, out of sight, out of mind, I don't give a shit. So they can't see nothing back there. As long as you keep it clean and tidy, it's, it's a little space that a lot of people don't have here. And I don't know any other way about it because I haven't lived in the middle. Just happened to land right there. I got nothing to hide. It's just neat having that space back there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and the privacy and what you say about the neighbors, the more exposure yeah. you have, the more yeah. someone's a, opportunities the more for problems. Yeah. yeah for oh, you're parking problems. here, you... Your, your motorcycle's too loud. You're, you know, it's always some yeah. shit. But that goes in housing tracks, too, with all your HOAs and your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. Fuck it. Check this out. This was, the, this was the straw that broke the camel's back up there on North Lake. We were paying $3,100 a month, plus those bills, and we had... Me and Cindy, Jerry Lee and Corey, Isan, who was a security guard, and Michelle, who was a postal worker. Everybody smoked. You were not allowed to smoke in your front yard or your backyard. You had to smoke in the house. Wow. So, of course, we've had these neighbors on the left and these neighbors on the right. The ones on the left, actually, they were from uh, Colombia or They were actually really cool. Uh, the, the lady said, she had come over and said, hey, can you do me a favor? If you hear my kids out in the backyard, can you guys not smoke? We said, oh, absolutely. We'll just take it in the garage. But then the lady on the other side, she had a problem with like, everything. It don't matter what it was. They took off on a 4th of July and their dog went completely freaking apeshit and hung itself from the fence. So Cindy and Jerry Lee took it upon themselves to go in and get the dog loose and calm it down, took its collar off, fed it treats. They called the cops on us for 
uh, trespassing on their property. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? That's crazy. We've all, we've all had better. We've probably all had worse. But this really isn't that bad. This is awesome. No, I love it. That's why I'm, I, I want to keep living like this. It's comfortable. Super comfortable. You, you make it what you, you make it. You make it what you make it. I can see how people, uh, since I've been here, I've had problems with a few people. That's, you know, but I'm a kind of social butterfly. I put myself out there. But I mean, I had problems with this fucking wacko broad over here different things but I, I guess if you Andy used to say that was one of the things about this place you got to be careful who you who you befriend because you really don't know these people you know they come in they live it like we do you're definitely a different breed of people yep yep You don't have to say anything else. You have said enough. Thank you so much. Your forehead looks nice today. Uh, forehead. <laughs> so your forehead looks nice today. No scratches on it. No scratches. <laughs> There's no bumps or scratches on it. Today. And just like that, another night in the jacuzzi passed. Thank you, Randy and Jason, for being with us. And thank you for listening to one more episode of A House in the Air. This episode was created by me, your host, Paola Escobar, with music of Martina Jordan. See you in the next one.